Aptus Leadership Podcast, Episode 110, Ministry of the Word. Ministry of the Word. I want you to think about some of the most influential moments you've had in church. And chances are a lot of those moments have been around events where someone is bringing the Word of God to your life. I remember the first memorable moment I had where someone was teaching me the Word of God and it was in Road Rangers. And you know how much that Road Rangers time affected me. I, I've talked about it a lot in different settings. But my commander, Ronnie Sigler, was teaching us to flee the sinful passions of the youth. Just as Paul told Timothy, flee the sinful passions, my Road Ranger commander was teaching us that principle from God's Word. And I remember the illustration he had. He had a piece of camouflage canvas in his hand, and he had a fish hook. And he said, boys, this is what sin is like. Sin goes in so easy. And, and Ronnie barely pushed that fish hook through the piece of canvas. He said, but it's really hard to get sin out of your life to the point that you can't do it on your own. And he tried pulling that fish hook out, but obviously the barb was keeping it from, from being pulled out. And, and he didn't pass that canvas around to all of us boys. And we were all trying to pull this out. And as a third grade boy, seeing that illustration, it stuck with me. And it's amazing here I am 20 years later. And I remember that. And I, I asked myself, how many pitfalls did I avoid? Because Ronnie Sigler taught me the word of God in that moment. You know, how many times was I, was I on the fence about doing something right or something wrong? And I remembered that moment where if I do this, if I do the wrong thing, if I let sin get its hook in me, I'm not going to be able to get it out. That's the power of the ministry of the word of God. That changed my life. And it changes countless people's lives. And I'm sure you have moments like that. Think about those moments. The day I was saved, someone preached. I don't remember the sermon necessarily. I don't remember the details of the sermon, but I remember the impact that God had on my life through that preaching. The day I was filled with the Spirit, those, those moments I had real encounters with God. Someone preached. I might not be able to tell you the points. I might not remember what they looked like, but I remember how God used that message to change my life. That's the ministry of the Word. It shapes and changes people's lives, and it changes my life. And I'm sure you're the same way. There have been many moments that uh, I've been sitting there, and I've been looking at uh, money issues, and, and I've been scared to death. And a verse came to my life. You know, I, I remember the verse that I go to time and time again. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or those children begging for bread. That, that verse out of the Psalms has given me peace. There have been moments where I've been paralyzed, not knowing what direction I need to go. And I read Ephesians 2, and it reminds me that the Lord saved me apart from any work of my own, and he guides my steps apart from any of my own work. You know, there have been moments I've sinned, and I've over, been overcome with shame. And First John tells me that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. That is, is, is the power of the Word of God in my life. It's the power of the Word of God in your life. The Bible is source of immense comfort and strength to all of us. And I suspect you have the same stories in your life. So we're going to go a little bit of a different direction over the next several weeks in our leadership podcast. And we're going to talk about ministry of the Word as leaders within a church. You see, we have a responsibility to give the word of God to the people that we lead. That is a biblical mandate that comes first and foremost above anything else. That is our responsibility. Now, next week, I'm going to talk to you about a philosophy of word ministry, how, how we can approach this. And then in week three, I'm going to talk to you about some how-tos of formulating a, a sermon or a, a small group talk or a, a devotion. We're going to talk about some practical, how do you actually do that? So there's a, there's a little ways that we're going to go with this uh, in some different directions I think are going to be beneficial to you. Now, when we think about ministry of the word, most of the time we think about preaching sermons on Sundays. However, when you look into the Bible and you look at the first church, there was a depth there was a richness, and there was a variety in how the church ministered the Word of God. For example, we see large sermons like in Acts chapter 2 when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost 
we see that every Christian was there and, and they heard that word and there was 5,000 people saved. Well, we turn over into Acts chapter number eight, verse four, and we see that as the Christians were being persecuted and they leave, that those individuals were just telling people as they went, they were spreading the word of God everywhere. So you have two, two paradoxes right out of the gate. You have one massive sermon where 5,000 people are saved, and then you have a bunch of many sermons that are happening around tables and in coffee shops and along the road. Then you have Acts 18, where you have Priscilla and Aquila full, more fully explaining the word of God to Apollos. And so you have all kinds of different spectrums in the, in the New Testament of how people were ministering the word. So when we say ministry of the word, we're not isolating to a Sunday morning sermon. If we isolate ministry of the word to a Sunday morning sermon, it's like asking people to only eat one meal a week. And people need more than one meal a week. They need a variety of, of, of meals in their life if they're going to be healthy believers and healthy Christians. And so as church leaders, we have to look for opportunities to feed people a word that are going to be outside of a Sunday morning experience. Now, I want to read a, a passage to you out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. That's going to kind of frame this for us. And here's what Paul tells Timothy. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. So here's what Timothy is supposed to do. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So as a church leader, Paul told Timothy to preach and teach the word. He was to, he was to give the Bible, he was to give the scripture with all due diligence. This preaching and this teaching with due diligence was going to allow him to fulfill his calling. As church leaders, in any capacity, in youth, kids, worship, in a boardroom, whatever the case may be, the moment that we fail to preach and teach the word of God, the moment that we fail to feed the sheep, we are failing to fulfill our calling. We will never hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, if we fail to feed the sheep. It doesn't matter how big the budget is. It doesn't matter what the attendance is. It doesn't matter how great the event was. It doesn't matter how much people liked us. It doesn't matter how, how much of a family feel there was. If we fail to feed people the word of God, if we fail to give them the bread of life, as Jesus called it, then we are failing to fulfill our calling. This is a high standard, and I think we need to ask the question, why does God command us and commission us to preach the Bible? Because the Bible, God's word, is the source of power that's going to change people's lives. You can't change somebody's life. I can't change somebody's life. The worship song isn't going to change somebody's life. The event isn't going to change somebody's life. The donut we serve isn't going to change somebody's life. The offering we take up isn't going to change somebody's life. But the word of God has the power to change someone's life. Why is that? Well, have you ever noticed that God's speaking and God's acting are usually one and the same? I mean, think Genesis chapter 1, the very first thing we see about God is that when he speaks, something happens. God said, let there be light, and there was light. So God's speaking and God's action often goes hand in hand. And there are people in this church, there's people in your ministry, there's people that you're going to rub shoulders with in this community. They have massive needs. They have marital stress. They have financial needs. They have needs for freedom from addiction. They need salvation. They need guidance in the directions of life. They need healing from past trauma. And people need a work of God in their life. And more often than not, 
that work is going to start and be in conjunction with the word of God in their life. This has been true for my life. I just shared numerous moments that God has worked in my life in conjunction with his word. And I'm sure you could say the same thing. Now, here's what's scary right now. And we need to acknowledge this as as ministers in the church. There is a world full of quote unquote preachers communicating to people with itching ears. And I'm not talking about church preachers. I'm not even talking about heretics preaching in church. I'm talking about social activists in our world. There is a culture, and there are people in this culture right now that are preaching to your kids. They're preaching that they can have their own truth. They're preaching that they can choose their gender. They're preaching that there's not one way to heaven. They're preaching that they can live any way they want as long as they're happy. And they're not just preaching it to our kids. They're preaching it to all of us. There is a constant influx of a message. It is constantly coming. It is a gospel of lies that is ruining people's lives. And so if we don't provide the truth, who's going to? I mean, the house is on fire, and somebody has to sound the alarm. And that's what we do when we preach the word of God. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's the Great Commission. We know it well, but here's what it says. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Catch this. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Within the Great Commission of the church, there was a call to teach people everywhere, all that Jesus commanded. So here's what I need you to understand, church leader, is that you have a responsibility before anything else, before any event, before any gathering, before any song, before any atmosphere, you have a responsibility to teach the word of God. That's that's our calling. That's the only thing that's going to make a difference in somebody's life. So when we fail to do that, we're failing to live up to our responsibilities. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room for a second, because most of you are not going to be Sunday morning preachers. God has not called you that you have no desire to do that. So how are you going to fulfill the call to preach the word and teach the word with due diligence and relay everything Jesus commanded? Like, what does this look like in the sisterhood of the coalition? What does this look like in the girls, men and world Rangers? What does this, what does this look like, you know, from, from the cafe or, or, or the greeting team or the hospitality team? What does this look like? Well, I think we need to understand that when the Bible starts talking about ministry of the word, that the, the, that all the different ways in which it's referred to in the new Testament is, is way more vast than Sunday morning preaching. That, that's really, in a lot of ways, a, a, a model that's in the Western church. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but if we are completely reliant upon Sunday morning messages to teach people the Word of God, then we are going to have malnourished uh, believers. We need, we need more opportunities in which to teach them the Word of God. And so there's really three levels of word ministry, and, and I want to break these down for you real quick. Three levels of word ministry. The first level of word ministry is this. It is individual responsibility. Every believer should know the word well enough to explain the gospel and the basics of the Christian faith. Every believer should be ready at any moment to properly explain the gospel. You know, when I, when I think about guys in particular, almost every guy has an EDC, meaning he has things that he carries with him every single day. You know, it's going to consist of his keys, his, his phone, you know, his pocket knife, if you're like me, your gun, I mean, these are just things you don't leave home without. They're always on your person because at a moment's notice, you don't know when you're going to need any of those things. Like, I always have a Bible with me. I really do. Why? Because I never know when I'm going to need one, and it's important to me. I, I'm always within reach of my Bible. 
it just that's me personally. I'm not trying to hyper spiritualize it. You do what you want, but here's what I need you to understand: we need a spiritual EDC in our life where we're at a moment's notice, we're within reach of some different truths, and every single believer has this responsibility. Every single believer should be able to properly explain the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. If there was good news, that must mean there was bad news. The bad news is that every single person has sinned and fallen short of the standard of God, the glory of God, the righteousness of God. A righteous and holy God must punish sin, or he's not righteous. And so as a result, every single person is on a path to death, physical death and eternal death in a place called hell. That's bad news. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came, lived a life that you and I could never live, and he lived the righteous life, and he died the death you and I owed. However, on the third day, he robbed the grave. He robbed death by coming back to life. And now in faith in him and repentance of our sins, we are led into the family of God. Through faith in Jesus, God credits Jesus' righteousness towards our life, and he credits Jesus' death as payment for our sins. That's the gospel. And if people don't know the gospel, then they're on the path to hell. So we have to be ready to share that in a moment's notice. Every believer should also be able to give the basics of the Sermon on the Mount. Like the Sermon on the Mount could be, uh, summarizes this. Religion tries to modify my behavior to please God. Jesus teaches that faith in Christ changes my heart. And as my heart changes, my actions are going to change in response to the new desires to honor God with my actions. So we need to do that. We, we need every single person in our church to be able to articulate those two things. That's, a, that's an individual responsibility. Can your team do that? You got to be honest with yourself. Can your team do that? Now, uh, if not, we'll talk about this in a moment. And, and obviously, this is where we're going with uh, the, the coming weeks on how we can do better at teaching our people that. And so that's the first level. Second level is this. It's, it's a higher level of teaching within the church where, where the teachers have the competency to minister the word in small group settings like Bible studies, devotions, you know, at men's groups, etc. Like that's level two. Level one is an individual responsibility where I can explain the gospel and I can kind of give some summary of the Christian faith. Level two is where I could sit down with a small group of people and begin to teach them the depths of the gospel. I can start breaking down what that actually means because there's some things in that gospel presentation I just gave you a moment ago that that raises some questions. For example, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why couldn't God just forgive us? Why does it why does it mean to be wrapped in the righteousness of Christ? I mean, what does that really mean? How, how does that work? What is the relationship between works and grace? What's the difference between justification and sanctification? What why is tithing important? What does it mean to lead my family? You know, what, is it, what does it mean to, to, to walk in a spirit-filled life? I mean, those are, those are basic questions in response to the gospel that I believe in our church, every deacon and every servant leader should be able to explain. We should be able to explain those nuances. This is the level I need you at, where, where, where you can break down these truths. It doesn't have to be necessarily the most deep, scholarly, doctrinal statement ever written, but you need to be able to explain this to a new believer where they understand it. This is the level we need you at. Now, you might be saying, well, how do I get there? Well, you're ultimately going to get where you can answer those questions by reading your Bible and letting God speak to you from your Bible. You're ultimately going to get there by asking good questions of your Bible and having quality and depth to your questions of the Bible that's going to spur you to want to dig in and get the deeper understandings of what these things mean. You know, it's also going to come down to you paying attention to other people teaching. You know, who's feeding into your life? Beyond what we're doing on Sunday mornings, like where's some other material getting? You know, you might need to read a book or two. You know, you want some recommendations? I I have some. Just all you got to do is ask. 
listen to a couple of other good Bible teachers. Again, you want some recommendations? Just ask. You know, but when you go through this process, your biblical aptitude is going to go up and you're going to be more competent in teaching at that level that we need you. Now, level three is the next level, and and this isn't going to be for all of you, but this would be the more traditional preaching and teaching on Sundays or Wednesdays or what have you. Uh, this this is really our pastoral staff uh, that anybody though would 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 be able to aspire to. You know, Paul talks to Timothy about those who aspire to this. At this level, the preacher or teacher, you're on a rotation of preaching and teaching. You have a responsibility to give the Word of God in a systematic approach in a systematic way. Uh, this requires prayer, uh, leading the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something. The command of the Bible is to give the full counsel of the Word. So if there's going to be a fullness of your preaching and teaching when you're in rotation, then there has to be a variety in the, in the subjects and the passages in which you are preaching and teaching. To be effective in this as a preacher and teacher, then you're going to have to dig into the Bible, uh, and you must be competent in actually reading the passages and preaching from the passages, not just giving random ideas, because when you're on that rotation, you need to give the full counsel. You have a responsibility to give people all the word, and a competent preacher and teacher is going to be able to do that. They're going to dig into the references. They're going to confirm the truth, and that's what some of you are called to do. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more in the coming weeks of how to do that. But here's what I want to close with. Here's what I want you to see is that we as church leaders have a responsibility to give the people the word of God. I told you at the beginning of this, if it wasn't for Ronnie Sigler, if it wasn't for a road ranger commander who felt compelled to give a group of third grade boys the word of God, what kind of pits would I have fallen into? And you're going to have opportunities and you need to ask yourself this question. How can I... How can I leverage my ministry for it to be a platform for the word of God? And I'm not saying that I just look for opportunities to sprinkle Bible verses randomly, you know, when all the guys are out, you know, hitting golf balls at Top Golf. I'm saying, how am I going to use this ministry as a platform in which to communicate the word of God to my target audience in a way that means something to them? That's exactly what Ronnie did for me. Is he looked at third grade boys and said, What do they understand? They understand fishing, and that's what he used. And we need to do the same thing because here's the deal. Our country right now is in a moral mess, and I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that that believers, preachers, and teachers, and lay leaders are failing to properly feed the people God's word. We have a generation of people who are spiritually malnourished. We have a, a shortage of quality biblical teaching. Now, we have a lot of people that are getting airtime on TV and YouTube, and, and there's nothing more than preaching therapeutic moral deism. It's nothing more than preaching self-help. It is nothing more than preaching biblical history. And we need a resurgence of expositional style of preaching and teaching where we open up a passage and we dis dissect what that passage says, what it means, how it feeds into our life, and how we apply it. And as ministry leaders, we have to be able to do that. We have to be able to present God's word in a competent way where the people under our care are getting fed and shepherded. That is our calling. That is our responsibility. Your ministry has to be more than just events. Your ministry has to be more than just an image. It has to be more than the food we serve. We have a responsibility to feed God's word first and foremost. Now, this responsibility is going to come natural for you when you realize the power of the word of God. When you realize the power of the Word of God in your own personal life, when you realize the power of the Word of God to change other people's lives, then you're going to start prioritizing it in your life and in your ministry. 
So let's take this responsibility seriously. I want to challenge you. Do a self-audit. You know, audit your own life. Are you spiritually malnourished or are you spiritually healthy right now? Are you getting the word into your own life? Does it have a priority in your home? You know, do you understand the spiritual truths? Do you have good biblical teaching coming into your life that's just beyond Sundays? On top of that, start thinking about your ministry. Am I giving the word of God its proper place in my ministry? If, if I'm responsible to feed the people the word of God in my care, am I accomplishing that command? How am I feeding my team the word of God? These are all questions that we need to go and, and have a self-audit from time to time and say, is, is this really have a place in my life? But when we do, we're going to be spiritually healthy and we're going to have a spiritual diet that's going to sustain us and keep us. God bless you. We'll catch you next week.